This is Change in the Coalfields, a podcast by Coalfield Development, all about change in Appalachia. What change has happened, what change is happening, and what change still needs to happen. I'm your host, Brandon Dennison, founder and CEO of Coalfield Development. I'm really excited this week to be joined by Darrell Miller. Uh, Darrell is a community leader who I have a, a ton of respect for, uh, truly a visionary, someone who holds a great deal of respect and esteem in his community and really in the state. He's the founder and CEO of Keep Your Faith Corporation. And Darrell, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about yourself, um, uh, where you grew up and, and, and how you got into the work that you're doing now. I grew up here in Charleston from the west side of Charleston. Been born and raised here uh, my whole life. You know, visited other places, but I love, I love West Virginia. I started Keep Your Faith Corporation back in 2006. It all came from uh, my problems with reading. I had reading problems growing up. I couldn't read, read at all. Really, It was hard searching for help. So I had to read. I played sports. So, you know, sometimes uh, it was looked at as I just was trying to get over and not do my homework or things like that. And really it was the fact that I couldn't understand what I was reading. Well, I couldn't understand how to read, let alone understand what I was reading. So this organization came out of that because I wanted to be able to have people to reach out when they reach out in that kind of need that they had someone that really took it seriously. And uh, we ended up going into Crossroad Union Missions, which is a homeless shelter down here. And we started doing self-esteem reading comprehension classes. Well, self-esteem was just because we're dealing with men. You know, as a man, sometimes it's a little bit harder to swallow some things you can't do. So we, we started with self-esteem and we learned from doing self-esteem. It was easier. The communication was, was a whole lot better once we started doing that. And from that, we, I reached out to my old elementary school and I started talking with the principals and the counselors there. And I was telling them what we were doing and asked them, could we, could we get in and to just to do classroom behavior and check on kids reading because kids were getting kicked out of class and disciplinary actions. And, and that's what I used to do. I know it. It was almost time for me to read something. I would do some kind of disruption for me, for the teacher to either put me out of class or be like, I'm not dealing with him today. You know what I'm saying? And so we started doing that. Classroom behavior started with being a big thing in our elementary school for us. That's incredible. Um, your schools, like your elementary, middle, high school? Yeah, we started out with two elementary schools that end up combining into one. Uh, it was called Westside Elementary now, but it was Glenwood and Chandler Elementary School. And they let us in. They let us in. We started doing behavior. And this was great is we end up starting that way, uh, uh, but then end up doing nutrition and gardening to tie in with it. They had to catch some motor skills and stuff for kids. Uh, I took a junior master gardening class down at West Virginia State. And that was probably one of the best things for our organization. Myself and my partner took it. And it opened up a lot of other doors for us. We're still doing it. We're still doing it. We, we feed. The nutrition program is one part of it is you get a, a, a token worth a dollar. And we work with local farmers. We, we pay local farmers to come in. Basically, we buy the groceries from them, where the vegetables from them, and let the kids come in, come to the line and shop. And that's been a big thing. Kids get to take extra food home. And do the kids like getting their hands dirty? Oh, do they? It was so funny. It was the, it was the little girls jumping in here first. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Roly-polies was the biggest thing going for a little while. They they loved them roly-polies. So it's been, it's been fun. Where did the name Keep Your Faith, how did you come to that name for the organization? First, it was called, it was called the Miller Foundation. But it, did stand, it ain't work. It didn't fit right to me. So then we end up, um, I'm sitting on the couch one day watching TV, you know, a little thing come together. And I'm still trying to figure out a name. And, and 
KYC came to my head. I'm like, KYC, KYC, what's that mean? And then keep your faith corporation. Then I, as I kept thinking about it, like, well, you got to have faith to, uh, to pursue anything you're doing, especially the unknown part of it, you know? Uh, what was it like growing up on, on the West Side? What was your childhood like? Oh, man, I loved it. It was, it was probably dysfunctional. <laughs> this, to be honest, <laughs> probably was dysfunctional, but I loved it. I loved every minute of it. It was a lot of guys over there, and, and, you, and it was more of a family a family atmosphere when you came outside. Very strong sense of community in that neighborhood, huh? Yeah. You know, some of you see people's grannies and, and aunties still all lived in one area, you know, and it was it was good. You know, it got bad, you know, towards when drugs hit the scene. Uh, and still, even then, it still kept that sense of community uh, for a while. Right. The good didn't go away, but maybe got covered up a little bit. Well, it it, it kind of got where you would have to deal with other people trying to come. You know, we're a small country place to other people they think that, that they could come here and uh take over and do different things and you know charleston we didn't allow that to happen you know other places they went out there and other groups from other towns came through and they made a big name for themselves by taking over there our, our city was a little bit different because it was so many guys here that you know but then a lot of those guys are still paying the price for them things how have you seen and, and you're alluding to this a little bit but how has west side how have you seen it change but then also how do you see it starting to change now that was one change just just making the drug scene is kind of not as like it used to be even though you know you see a lot of things now but it's way different than it was when i was growing up it's getting it's, better yeah it's better and the guys there was it's my age now. Back then, they was encouraging you to do wrong more than now. Not saying they encourage you to do wrong. They just was. Uh, it was different, different times. And now it's more like sports, sports, and making sure your schooling is right. It's, you know, and if you outside, you got you ain't got no money. Somebody gonna give you a couple of dollars. You know, or get you cutting some grass or something. You know, I love growing up when I was. You know what I did, but now I can see the the, the people are more conscious of uh, some of those things. So it's, it's a little bit different. It's a lot different, to tell you the truth. It's a lot different. It's a lot better. I, I feel like you have a very entrepreneurial mindset. You're, you're just sort of entrepreneur at heart. What are some business ideas that you're seeing take off in the West Side or that you think could work in that community? You know, we're working together on that construction thing and, and maybe being able to rehab some of these houses and put them back on the market and to build them. That is something I really am proud of because... The neighborhood that we're working in now is a neighborhood I grew up in, played football on the street scene and everything. So those houses, I've been in those houses a couple of times. So to be back, to build up that neighborhood again, I'm so happy to see that. And then dealing with some of the young guys in that program, they want to venture out and do their own thing. They want they want to continue doing uh, building construction and stuff like that. And um, I got we got a lot of kids that like to do like art stuff. I was, it was a young, young lady the other day. She started doing uh, phone case covers and, and, and putting them out there, wanting to help sell them. And then she does jackets. Uh, it's another young lady that I know she does. She young, they young too in high school. They, they start doing hair and nails, just practice, you know, going to school for, but they like in the neighborhood, you know, they go, they do your nails. <laughs> and I got a young guy I just talked to just now. He just called me and uh, it's a nice day today. And he asked me, is the farm need cut? Uh, we got a little, we got something going on Friday. So he just wants to go over there and make sure the yard looks good. He started his own uh, mobile car business, car wash business. But he started with us at the farm just by working. He, and he, he had a work ethic, but his attitude wasn't the best. You know what I'm saying? So he couldn't really keep a job. Like I tell him all the time, your attitude ain't bigger than mine. So we're going we gonna to work together about it. And, and I had to tell him some of my, my head bumps when I came up, you know, just 
not listening or feeling like my way was the right way when, when the boss telling me one way to do it, I'm trying to, you know, so that, that's been, that's been good to see some of these young men and men and women turn their life around that way. Would you care to tell listeners about the partnership that we have a little bit more detail on that? The first time we, we tried to work together, we was trying to get a house and try to, uh, you know, rehab and put it in our gardening program. Uh, but then we end up doing uh, a fiber wa- fiber optic wiring, low voltage, high voltage with with uh, Bridge Valley. That that program was successful. We, I think, out of the seven, six got paid internships, and the seventh one went out of town, went out of state. That was a beautiful thing, and also being able to adapt a little bit of y'all's y'all's motto. The personal development piece is important with some of these young the younger generation. Just buy them cell phones for one thing. The cell phones. Put your cell phone away while you're at work. Your approach is so tangible. Keep Your Faith does projects that are hands-on. You know, nobody wants to get preached at about having a better attitude. But I feel like when it's, when it's an actual job and there's responsibilities and tasks that have to be completed, that helps an attitude almost more than anything, just being a part of a team and having to show up for your team. Yeah, I think so, too. And being it for your coworkers or your teammates to keep you accountable. I've seen, I've seen that change a lot from guys from when they first come in into, into the middle towards the end. You know, it's, it's, it's a different attitude. And now we're doing a bit of construction part of workforce development. And it's, and it's right in the neighborhood. I mean, that is awesome. It's right in the neighborhood. We still do personal development days. Ran into one of the guy, the younger guy's moms in, in the Kroger's. And she was just telling me how her son has been able to fix stuff around their house. That It, it blows her mind. And his attitude towards taking directions, like take out the trash or clean your room, his attitude has changed towards that. And, that's, and that, that was an unseen positive, not just with him. A couple of other young men's lay, um, parents have talked to me and their attitude about taking directions is, is changed. And I think that's because of how we've been able to work with him. That's fantastic. Yeah, I think a lot of times in, in economic development, you know, it's all about job. how many jobs did you create? How many businesses did you create? And that's good. We want to do that. But the change we're trying to inspire is so much deeper and just as human beings trying to realize our potential as human beings, trying to become active, responsible citizens in our community. And that little anecdote at the grocery store, you know, that's strong evidence that because of your leadership and and and, and our collaboration, that, that it's happening. And, and that gives people hope, right? It really does. We get a call like every other day, like, y'all, y'all still doing that? Y'all got any open spots right now? Like, no, not right now, but just give a minute. You know, so it's, it's a positive outlook. People are looking for that. And it's, it's beautiful. You're a very trusted leader on the West Side community, Darrell. Can you talk about just the importance of trust in your life and in your work? Oh, it's, it's big. You know, yeah, I think because I, I kind of I try to respect people where they are. You know, I don't try to push them into what I, what I think they could be or, or what I'm seeing, and, you know. But I, I feel that I, I, being able to be a, um, being honest in my com- communication with people and putting in work. I live here. I, I, I come through. I walks around with, the, you know, my dog. Well, I used to have a dog. He passed away. No, it's my boy. But, uh, you know, this this stuff like that and being able to show that my actions and my words, they they they, they match up. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell you one thing and then you see me and I'm not doing none of that. <laughs> that just don't work over here at all. I feel like, you know, on the West side, because of the disinvestment uh, and some of the challenges, you know, that that you've alluded to, there are a lot of sort of like do-gooders, you know, sort of like myself from outside that very well-intentioned want to be helpful, but it's hard, you know, coming from the outside, there's a trust breakdown. 
And um, is there is there like a resentment in the community? Like there's so many initiatives on the West side, but not a lot of them actually get done. Right. So there's got to be some resentment of that. I think it is. I think it is. And it's fact that like, OK, here we go again. Y'all gonna make some money off of us, but not really going to do anything to help us at all. You know, or. And rather, they, they, you don't take the suggestions like if, if you saying I need a light pole up here on 7th Avenue, but it's bright over 7th Avenue, but dark over on 6th, but you're going to go ahead and still put the light up on 7th for, for no reason. So that that some of that, I think that's a definitely a resentment in that way of uh, I've just seen it, man. I've seen projects supposed to be I'd be in meetings where people get funding for this. So we excited about it and it never comes to be. And that's that's disappointing in a way. I think there's a dirty secret in grant writing, you know, that if you're serving a certain census tract, that if there's poverty numbers or minority numbers, you get more points on the grant application. So I do think oftentimes that there's not a real intention to do good work, right? It's just trying to get points on the grant application. That's it. Saying I'm going to do this for this particular people and in and, and all intention, you don't. So, you know, that's why we know with some pride, like our projects, I always talk to the other guy we work with, uh, Murphy. I was talking to him about this, allowing me to come with him so they can see. And I, and I was telling him, I'm not saying this to say that our, our, we don't have no flaws in our organization, but I'm trying to tell them that if the neighborhood see us with him, they're going to trust a little bit more what he's doing or what we're doing. Uh, then have somebody else just come through and they think, oh, it's another one of these scams uh, and not support it. But we want this to be supported. And then by the young men going home, showing their worth to their parents and their parents coming out or going to their workplaces and being able to talk about where well, that workforce program over there. Nah, that's pretty good. They didn't. It's the second round. They are they're They're being right by these guys and right by this neighborhood. So let's give them a chance. And I think that's what's happening with us. It's good to hear. Yeah. And that trust, it, uh, it's so important. It's so hard to earn. And yet it can go away so fast. It's fragile, right? All uh, right. When you look at the West Side, say like 10 years from now, what, what do you see? Well, through our programs and, and some of the other stuff QAFC doing, we want to, I can envision our neighborhoods built back up more uh, job opportunities for people. And for me, I, I want a farm. I got a small farm now, but I want it bigger. And so we can continue to grow our own food, show people how they grow our own food and, and give it to folk that need it. But I definitely see neighborhood built back up. Is farming and gardening, is that is that something that's sort of nourishing for your soul just personally? Is that something you do at home, even aside from your job? I do. I like the garden. I like to plant stuff and watch them grow and nurture them. You know, sometimes they make it, sometimes they don't. That's part of it. <laughs> you know, I, I like that. I, I, I just started probably about a couple of months ago, yoga training. Cause I'm be a yoga teacher. <laughs> I'm a yoga in the garden. Yeah, it's all it's all part of our uh, you know healthy mind, healthy body approach. Sure. So you're gonna do you're gonna lead yoga classes in your urban garden. Yeah, I'm gonna do yoga in the garden. That is cool. That is very that is a very unique mix of services. Oh man, I, I you know they laughed at me. They like, what you doing going to yoga class? I'm like, I'm serious about it though. I like the way it feels, and I like the conversations that I'm getting out of just telling somebody I'm taking yoga, teacher playing, and just be somebody beside me here, be like, you doing what? And then you know we just build a conversation, you know, fellowshipping without even really having a point of like at the beginning, like, no, no, I don't know you. You don't know me, but we have a common interest or even a common this thought. Like, Hey, you, I thought about yoga before, but it's not for me. I'm, I'm like two 30, but I I'm like, so <laughs> come on out here. I'm two 35. Let's go get some yoga. <laughs> I love it. I, you clearly, you, you love to learn, right? Try new things. 
grow as a person. Yeah, I do. Talk me through. I mean, you talked so school was sort of tough. Like, did that was school hard all the way through high school for you? Or like, what was the turning point where you were like your learning went into high gear and you started to become this amazing leader? I'm going to tell you, it probably the understanding of myself probably started as I was learning, trying to learn to read and learning how to read. Reading is so special to me. Because, I, you know, reading can take you anywhere. You can be sitting right here in Charleston and be in a book. you in Paris somewhere. Mind gone, you know, comforting. So to be honest, if I'm being honest, school didn't really get comfortable with me until I got out of school. I started going to state. I went to West Virginia State. And I just went to state to see, could I do it? You know, see, could I, could I keep up with the learning process? But high school, it was tough. Junior high was probably the toughest. You know, high school was kind of you floating through, you do your work or you don't, you get somebody to do your work, you know. I had dreadlocks when I was in high school at an early age. A lot of people ain't have dreads around here like that. And uh, my basketball coach ain't like them. And he, and he told me I had to get a haircut or I wouldn't be able to play. And you know, I was a pretty good ball player at the time. And so, you know, and with an attitude, I'm like, man, whatever, at first. And then when I cut my hair and he still let me play, that turned me to the streets even more. So that was a key moment. Yeah, that was like, in my, you know, my granny passed away and I, and, I, the comfort was playing ball. And then when I got that taken away, my life turned a different direction for a little while. So did you teach yourself? To, like, how did you end up learning how to read if if, if you're okay to share? It's amazing, too. I, I, I love the Lord. The Lord, if I stayed pro- true to what I was telling the Lord I was going to do, I kept getting blessed with people around me. Like my old, she's on my board now. And then Miss Lawson, Miss Lawson was my fifth grade teacher. I remember going to her and my mom and telling both of them. My mom was, you know, she knew and she was trying to do her thing. But my Mrs. Lawson was so special because she would have me come over her house and she would sit down and she would give me little techniques and stuff. Like if you just if you outside, just try to read the the signs of the stop signs and different signs on the thing or grab a magazine or a book and just try. You know, what I mean, just keep just keep trying. The more you more you try, the better you'll get. And then the words you can't bring out, circle them, bring them to me and we're going to work on them. Uh, and that's what I do. Even to this day, I still do that. I still. You read with a pen in your hand? Yeah, bro. Yeah. Yeah, man. For real. I did too. I just. I did too. Because that's something of, uh, it keeps me humble because of, of that that part of it. Just being up, knowing that I got to slow down before I read this out loud to somebody, you know. Part of keep your faith, like you work with men who are coming out of the prison system. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I do. I do with guys coming off of prison mm-hmm. and women, really, but mostly guys. Can you talk about that work and, and sort of what goes into that? That's the guys with mental health and substance abuse problems coming off from prison and getting put right back in the neighborhoods uh, without a support system. It doesn't work. You know, you, you, you can lean on yourself. You can be a changed person. But if, when times get hard, you ain't got nobody to put your head on your, your shoulder and try to tell you it's going to be all right or fix, show you a way to do something different than the way you know how to survive. So with this program, the Liberty Center has been up since we're going for a little while now. And we've been able to help people. First thing, you you come home, we work on getting you into, uh, find your local NAA group, if that's your choice to go to one of those. You're getting all your identification back. You don't work for like, it depends, three weeks, the month sometimes. Uh, we provide food, uh, your clothing, we work with people, get your medication if you take medication. And then from there, when you get your ID and all that stuff back, you go into employment. Then employment, to employment, to how, uh, to savings and all that that comes with savings and stuff. And then we work on your housing, try to find you affordable housing where you won't get it. Just get a place and keep it for a day or, or keep it for a month. Then you can't afford it. So we work on housing 
And then after that, we got a six months aftercare piece where we make sure to check on the person, come see their apartment, make sure it was clean, they ain't put no holes in nobody's wall, and they got food in their refrigerator. And to see them in, you know, they person, they can tell you on the phone they're doing good. But when you sitting there face to face with a person, and if you know that person from them living in your program, it's a transitional home, six months to a year program. So if you, you see a person in person after you've seen them for the month, you kind of can tell when something ain't right, something ain't right. And it's been a good program. We've had a lot of success. We've had some some guys that ain't got it, but we have more bad, uh, good than bad, though. I feel like uh, a lot of times in the nonprofit world, we talk about creating opportunities for someone. But at Coalfield, we try to talk about cultivating opportunities. Because to your point, like if you just create an opportunity and plop somebody in it without the support and the encouragement, it's just it's it's not going to stick. It's not. That support is big. It's a very smart approach that you have there. You're a part of a lot of positive change. You know, you've seen your community change sort of ups and downs and, and sort of back on the upswing now. What, 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 what do you feel passionate about as far as West Virginia and Charleston? What still needs to change? You know what? I think sometimes I feel that we don't work enough together as we could and we should. Cause you know, but cause but we out of town, if you out of town and no matter where you at, you see somebody out they, they might see your license plate. You might have a, a hat on or something. West Virginia, you you together. West Virginia, no matter what. Yo, we, all right, we down. You know, you'd be a whole room of everybody else. You watching a game. Start singing Country Roads. Right, right they start singing Country Roads. But when you get back home, it ain't the same sometimes. It's more a division a little bit. Like, hey, man, we was just on the airport. We was cool as a fan. But then we get onto these streets. It's kind of like, I don't know you. You don't know me type situation. I don't know what that is. You know, it's, it's getting a little bit better. We try to work on youth about speaking. You know, if you acknowledge somebody with your eyes, at least nod your head or something. You know, because sometimes they'll look right at you and keep it moving. Right. You don't got to speak to everybody. But also that it opens up yourself to be a little bit more friendlier. That to me sometimes, especially where I'm at right here, is being able to work a little bit better together. Now, our relationship just it it clicked. Mm. You know, we we've been able to 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 push it and keep doing. It. I mean, some other people like that, but that that's something that I I wonder why is it like that? Yeah, I wonder that too. I, it's like everybody talks about. Well, you know, nobody talks with each other anymore. Nobody sits on the front porch anymore. Like we all know, we miss that sense of connection, but yet we can't seem to do anything about it. I feel like too on the west side, you know, some people look down on it. Let's be honest. Yeah. The strengths of that sense of community and that sense of togetherness that even if there are some hard times, we're going to help each other through that. You know, no matter what changes for the good, I hope there's lots of jobs and businesses and new houses. But I hope that sense of community never gets lost, too. Like, man, that's that's one of the things, you know, claiming you from the West Side used to be the thing. <laughs> and it was real. You know, West Side, even grannies, old, old, old men, ladies, they would say it with so much pride in it. You know what I'm saying? And I, I still do. And some people still do. But the way it's looked at is not is not as much. But that is something that I hope never leaves because no matter where you're from you're from the west side yep all right it's just the pride you say that with and be honest you know a lot of our sports team has been gone they this a group came in here been everybody that i've known and know played for they got rid of that and named it something else and try to i don't know what they tried to do but that was like that was a that was something you know what i'm saying it meant something to say you played for docs everybody would come to a western general uh football game and they took that away and it kind of it kind of hurt a little bit something to rally around do you worry about gentrification a little bit but then also i know they're not gonna come in the in the as i call them the guts of our neighborhood all around us they might do all that but in the middle of it it's not gonna do so that's why i, I feel our organization has got to keep helping that part of the neighborhood too 
because uh, all around us, they want to call them different names. It's still all West Side to me. And I'm not mad at that, though. You know, you got to bring some stuff. But the middle of it doesn't get help. Those people in there that's been there or, or their kids are still growing up in there, it, it doesn't really allow to know. Sidewalk, you can't get the sidewalks done. You know what I mean? When it when it snows, you know what parts of the West Side not to drive to because they're not going to come through with the salt trucks. You know, that's just the way it is. No matter how much we complain about it, it hasn't changed. So I don't, I don't worry about it too much. Well, Darrell, thank you for taking some time on, on changing the coal fields. Uh, you are a part of some big, big change. I just really enjoy working with you. I hope we have many, many years of collaboration ahead of us. I think that we do. And I've really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you, Brandon, man. I appreciate you, brother. You didn't, uh, you inspired me in a lot of ways, man, to keep pushing forward and with my organization. So I look forward to many more years working with you. All right. Sounds good. Thank you again. Take care. Thank you, brother. You too. Change in the Coalfields is a podcast created by Coalfield Development at the West Edge Factory in Huntington, West Virginia. This episode was hosted by Brandon Dennison and produced and edited by JJN Multimedia. Become a part of our mission to rebuild the Appalachian economy by going to our website, coalfield-development.org, to make a donation. You can email us anytime at info at coalfield-development.org and subscribe to our newsletter for up-to-date information on the podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn by searching for Coalfield Development. Check back soon for more episodes.